This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to the show. It is Wednesday, it's the 21st of June 2023. Today we're talking more about Braille and there's more of your feedback too. You're listening to Double Time, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hello, Sean Priest. How are you? Hello, Stephen Scott. I'm very well, thank you. I'm just we- checking. I'm just checking yes. the inbox here. And uh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting stuff coming in following yesterday's show. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, when you say interesting, should we be worried? Well, let's just put it under the category of interesting for now. Okay. God, I'm uh, so but, scared. Uh, no, it's, you know, it's interesting when we get your feedback because of this whole conversation around the future of Braille kind of led me to think that maybe today on the show we should do something a bit different. Um, and we don't do this very often on the show, but um, we're going to revisit, re- revisit. Re- rerun. No, no, not rerun. <laughs> Another chance to hear, I believe you will find. Oh, um, sorry. Another chance to listen. Uh, what other garbage can I pull out from my radio career? <laughs> yeah, it's marketing. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk to the PR team over there. They've got all the words. Exactly. It's all right. He's, oh, that's, no, no, he's fine with it. He's fine. He's absolutely fine with it. Uh, but yes. It's relevant. It is relevant because we talked about Braille yesterday and the Orbit name came up quite a bit. And I was thinking back to our conversation we had with Ventakesh Chari earlier in the year who's the CEO of Orbit Research. And I thought it'd be kind of cool to listen back to some of that again, especially as we're about to see the launch of the Orbit Speak. <gasps> Touch wood. We hope so. Um, I don't know if this is real wood. It's like from a, a, an office store. So, you know, you never know if this yeah. is real no, or not. No, mine's pressed uh, sawdust or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what I mean. Exactly. Plastic. This is Amazon box has just been turned into a desk. That's all this <laughs> is. That's what I've got here. <sighs> Which seems appropriate for me. Um, so yeah, we're going to get into that today. We're going to uh, give you another chance to hear that conversation uh, because I think it's it's rather timely, especially with that uh, with the Orbit Speak and also the Optima Braille laptop coming soon as well. Oh, I can't oh, wait for that. Oh, I can't wait. So Sorry, that was weird. Sorry, we went ASMR. For I don't a know why we did that. Yeah. Um, I want to start with an email from uh, Shazad. Uh, Shazad is really oh. worried about me. I think. Oh, he's my favourite. Yeah. Yeah, he's worried about me, and he loves you. Ah, oh, God bless you, Sazad. How are yeah, you doing? He says, you all right? Hi, Sean. Hello. I love how he does that. And Stephen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh and Laura, uh, oh. Uh, who reads all the emails. So thank you uh, to Laura. She didn't get to this one, though, because I wanted to read this one. I wanted to read this one. Okay. Uh, Sean, yes. can you use your infinite wisdom? Oh, God. So hang on, let me check. Is this right? Yeah, infinite wisdom. On discouraging Stephen Scott with his excess buying purchase of a smart clock that he explained on yesterday's show. <laughs> that was the other day, actually, on Tuesday, whatever day it was. Uh, as uh, he does not realise that spending so much on unnecessary products means he isn't saving up for his, uh, well, I guess, a retirement for a decent pension. Oh, OK. Um, thank you, Shazad, for your concern. I will bring it up with him. Stephen, yeah. are you thinking about your future? No. Okay, I brought it up with him. What else can I do? You know. That's all, that's all you can really do, isn't it? I mean, really, you can, all you can do with people... Stop uh, that. ...to help people is all you can do is just <laughs> say the words. Uh, he says, I know that you are, are, are more wise, oh, even, wow. even though you are now turned 50. Oh. I, I don't okay. know what that means. Uh, yeah. At least you know your limit when it comes to money. <laughs> yes, I haven't got any. <laughs> Whereas Stephen Scott is spending like a typical teenager, and I feel sorry for his partner, who must be suffering in silence. And she must get a shock when she gets the bank statement and realises that once again, Stephen's been spending on unessential items, except screenshots for his PC, that was fine. Uh, But on other things, uh, he has to start saving for his retirement, so why can't you give him, you ready for this, valuable advice, Sean? Uh, Well, again, thank you. Yes, I believe we do need to have a talk, Stephen. Okay. So we will do that. We'll do, I think we, we shouldn't do it on air, Shazad. I, I will take him aside and uh, we'll have a serious talk. You do realise, though, that if I stop buying things... <laughs> I know. You won't the, get anything. That's the first thing I'm thinking. The serious <laughs> talk was, can you please just send the stuff to me? It, it's, it's no good just sat in a box in, the, in a spare room. It needs to be taken to the post office. But uh, no, Stephen is fine, aren't you, Stephen? Of course Stephen? I'm fine. He's 
fine. Fine. And my, what are you talking about? My wife. My, my wife, wife. My wife. Uh, she doesn't see my bank statements, so it's fine. Okay. Can I, can I tell you something? Fine. Can if I tell it's not you? Seen, it's fine. If can I tell you this? This is uh, words of wisdom. We should have a oh. jingle for this. Words of wisdom from Stephen Scott for families everywhere. If you are, I've got if, the lawyers right over here on standby. <laughs> on the call, I know. Um, well, listen, I, I, I think this is really important. If you're getting married, even if you're not married, like Sean, no, nope. uh, you know, living thirty-three years of um, happiness, yes, in that home, bliss, I would say bliss, exactly. Yes. Uh, do not ever get a joint bank account. That's the answer to happy marriage. I'm telling you now. Don't I, I agree. Do it. No. Well, I, well I've got a, we've got a household bank account. And that's where all the money goes in. Yeah, that's fine. But you still that have goes your into own cover money. the bills. Yes, and then we've both got our own account. So if we want to yep. buy something, you know, just because we want to buy it, that's, that's on us. You don't feel guilty. You don't have to ask. Yeah, but that's, that's it. I, I have friends of mine who do this and they'll say, Oh, you know, I had to check with my wife, or oh, or, or even women who've said to me, oh, we better hide the receipt." You know, I don't want my husband to find out. I'm thinking it's your money; mm, mm, you can mm. spend it any way you like. Why are you asking someone else? Why are you asking your wife or your husband? It's your money. So I'm, I'm a bit, yeah, I'm a bit prickly about this one because oh, my wife and I, we are very, the bear. We, are, we are very strict on this. We, I always say to my wife, "That's your money." If she always says, sometimes she'll say to me, "Do you think I should?" And I'm like, "Do you want to buy it?" Have you got the money to buy it? Then buy it. If you don't, don't do it. Yeah. It's all cool. Where are you going to afford? Yeah, you know your limits. Yeah. And if you can't afford it, don't buy it. Which is why I didn't buy the clock two months ago. Yeah. Are <laughs> <laughs> you getting on with that clock? Are you still loving it? Or is it I actually in the do. bin? No, I like it. I do. Uh, I quite like no, it. No, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, it's so funny because it's dot matrix, but to me, it just looks like a regular clock. Because all the dots matrix. have mushed together with my blur. Oh, cool. yeah, you make it 4K. I make it 4K on my clock, yeah. Um, dot, you keep saying dot matrix. I, I can't, I can't describe it. You know what I mean? It's like, the, it's like all no. the letters on, bit, on dots or bits. Well, bits is the LCD, the segmented LCD. You know, the old classic segments in it. But dot matrix is different. I don't know what you mean by that. Are you talking it's like a low resolution, you can yes. see every pixel? Yes, that's exactly it. Right, okay. That's right. exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Uh, still, also, still a ridiculous idea. Yeah, whatever. Uh, P.S. Shazan says, please could you stop going on how well Apple products are doing, as I feel you're not giving balanced recommendations oh. on Google or Android products. Yes, that's oh, both, actually. That's uh, true. As Sean uh, does, as he is excellent at giving uh, impartial comments uh, on Double uh, Tap. That's better. Oh, well, <laughs> I was pulled what, out of the fire. What show are you listening to, Shazan? I like Shazan. Are you moonlighting? Uh, he's... <laughs> Are you with Kelly well, and Ramia? Are you nicer with Dave? What's I going think, on? I think the difference here is that every time Android is mentioned, you do that, well, if you want to, or whatever. Mm, bother, it's why, it's why that bother, yeah. throwaway line yeah. that you've got into the habit of, Stephen. Yeah. You well, know, he says, pick up on that, Stephen. That's all I'm saying. He says, Mr. Spender is also harking on. <laughs> how long is this email? It's quite a long email. <laughs> Mr. Spender is also harking on about how lovely Apple products are. But it is about time you give airtime to other technology products, Stephen. Such as toasters and smart clocks. I am giving you all the tech you could want and more. I give you toasty tech. I give you <laughs> timey tech. I give you timey, <laughs> timey wimey kind of thing. Yeah. Who fans I give you all kinds of stuff. <sighs> Honestly, okay. can oh, please everyone. I mean, we, we do talk about Android when the you know, like the, the Pixel phones or the Samsung events, when there's a new flagship out there. There are lots. The, the thing we do have with Android, though, Shazad, is, is that there's so many different manufacturers and there's so many, let's say, entry level or even you know, middle, mid level um, Android phones out there. You can't possibly talk about them all. Yeah, and- but do you know something? This isn't a shop, right? And it's not for me to sell you on anything, it's not for me to. Uh, no, no, it's not no, for the show to do that. No, the thing for me is this show is about us. I'm sorry. It's about us. And it's about oh. our stories and oh. what we, how we experience things. If I was to sit here and say to you, Shazad, you know what? Android is brilliant. And here's 10 reasons why Android is brilliant. I bet you would not believe a word I say. I bet you think he's made this up and he's got GPT to write it for him. Because I just don't use it. It's not a thing I use every day. Now, it's not to say I don't think it's good. Of course I do. I think it's great. 
I think there's been huge strides forward in Android, and we absolutely pick up on that. And that's why we get, you know, people on like Carrie. Remember Carrie came on and she yes. talked about that? And, you know, Remember anybody, frankly, who wants to talk about it, we'll, we'll happily have one. But I'd rather someone came on to talk about it than us because we can't give it the same kind of response. You know, if some new feature comes out or something, we can only talk about it from the headline point of view. You know, yeah. we just, just, we just have to, as we, we don't use drivers. it every day. Yeah. I exactly did, you know, right. it's, it's interesting you brings this up though, because I did think about this for a while. I thought, I mean, how do we, how do we cover all this stuff? And I thought we, we just, we have to be true to ourselves. We've got to be true to the audience. We can't sit here and talk about things we don't use. It's actually taken me a long time to build up the courage to talk about Braille. Because for that reason, you know. Yes, exactly right. Yes, yeah, you're right. Because you kind of have to, you, you kind of have to feel that you're part of that world to be able to talk about it. I mean, I remember trying to talk about it on on the show we used to do previously on yes. the other place. And the other place, I, I you know, I used to think I can't talk about this. I know I know nothing about what I'm talking about. I, I mean, I really nothing. do anyway. That's that's fine. <laughs> People know that. Yes, but if we have experience of things, we can give our opinion on things. It's yeah. it's it's difficult with Braille. Uh, <clears throat> I very much dabble in Braille. I still can't read it. So, you know, I, I can't really give any, I don't rely on it. That's the thing. That's, there's people out there that rely on, you know, their mm. only access is an Android phone or their only um, access is, is Braille. So you really need to treat it with some sort of respect, yeah. I suppose. But that's why we get people on. I mean, Shazad, you're more than welcome to come on and, and you know, fight the, the virtues yeah. of whatever handset you're using at the minute. Um, yeah, we're more than happy for that. Listen, Shazad, thank you so much for the emails. We really do appreciate them. We do. Uh, Sean especially because uh, clearly you two boost. just love each other. Yeah, I'm an insecure man. Don't take it that way, Stephen. Mm-hmm. No, don't, mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. you know, it's not all about the Stephen just all because, the time. Just because I was going to get Michael Babcock on on his own yesterday, yeah. you got all territorial. I my anniversary and you, plans. And, and you got in touch. You got, actually cancelled your anniversary. <laughs> and, that's not happening. And, and, you know, you even got Shazad to write in a horrible email as well. Is that, <laughs> is that nice? Is that, is that the thing? Is that where we're at now? Right. Yes, it is. Are we exactly. going to be talking via the lawyers? Is that going to be how it works? <laughs> no, it's just, we're going to have double tap the lawyer edition. <laughs> just just like our lawyers famous, do the show. <laughs> those famous double acts where it actually, it, it turns out in real life, they absolutely hate, <laughs> hate each, each other. other yeah. <laughs> um, we're not there. Let me just say that. Oh, no, it's, everything's fine. That's, it's quite the opposite with When's us, it? actually. It's kind of like, oh, do you, do you want to do the show? And we're like, yeah, do you want to do another one? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do more shows. When's our anniversary? I don't know. <sighs> yeah, no. We, we actually we could probably put it back to a year. I don't think we could put a date on it. I'm sure um, I could probably find the date we we, well, we actually first met up our first broadcast date in person was at a uh, tech show. I found the picture from that the other day. Oh, did, did you frame it? No. Is it in a locket around no, your neck? Deleted it. Oh, fair enough. Mm. This has gone actually. Weird. It was a better picture of me than I've ever seen in my life, and I thought. I'm going to keep that picture. So I cut you out of it and I kept that bit of me. Oh, that's lovely. Thanks. <laughs> uh, well, rather sadly, none of us can see the picture anymore since those days anyway. Yeah, I so, know, I know. Well, that's gone dark. Anyway, Literally. feedback. Yes, feedback at doubletaponair.com. Shall we get to some emails that Laura has read? Yes, please. I love okay. Laura. Let's go to our first from Gordon. Hello, gang. I was lucky enough to win your prize to be allowed into the beta programme for the Be My Eyes virtual volunteer. I must say, this app has blown my mind. It does have a few less than wonderful features, with the OCR being particularly inconsistent, although I would say I tend to use other apps if trying to read a lot of text. Having said that, the app is brilliant for identifying household objects, and it's great that you can ask follow-up questions. I also love the superb image descriptions you can obtain when browsing social media. This is especially important on Twitter, where hardly anyone bothers to add image descriptions. The virtual volunteer provides truly superb details on photos. I asked it to describe a selfie I took a couple of years ago, and the answer was incredibly detailed, if not very flattering. It seems I'm an old man. (laughs) I know the app is not perfect, but I do wonder how much longer it's going to be in beta before being made available to everyone. No app will ever be perfect, and if they keep tinkering to add in things that might be nice to have, it will never get out of the beta phase. Other apps like ChatGPT for iOS and Call Annie are horribly inaccurate on many things, but they are out there, with updates being made fairly regularly. If visually impaired users of Virtual Volunteer are warned up front not to rely absolutely on the feedback for important things like reading about medication, then I don't see why the app can't be put into the public domain sooner rather than later. It's not perfect, but it's the best scene and object identifying app I've ever used, 
and if it does struggle, there is always the option to call a sighted volunteer to check things for you. I do appreciate that visually impaired people rely on their tech more than sighted people, but as long as folk understand the app will not always provide 100% accurate feedback, then I think the benefits to the VI community from having access to the app would be enormous. Of course, there may be constraints due to server capacity because the answers do sometimes take a little while to come through, but surely that sort of issue can be resolved fairly quickly. Besides, I'd rather wait a few seconds for a detailed answer than get a quick answer which tells me very little. I wondered whether you had any thoughts on this. Loving the show as always. Gordon from Livingston in Scotland. Uh, thank you, Gordon. Always good to hear from you and uh, hope you're doing well. I uh, must say, I think that Be My Eyes beta is incredible as well. And if you follow me on social media, be it on Mastodon or Twitter, you'll probably find any images that are going up are incredibly detailed. And that's why, <laughs> because every image is just so wonderful now that I can query images. And to be honest, it's, it's kind of scary because it's a bit like audio description to me when I started using Be My Eyes. It made me realise all the things I couldn't see. Yeah. How much you look I've at an missed. image and you go, oh, I think I know what that is. And then you would get the description and go, what? That's, yeah. There's an elephant in there? It's like, well, where did that come from? I, I thought that was a picture of a car. <laughs> You're yeah. absolutely right. You watch those old films that you used to watch. I never knew that was in there. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, so so why, why haven't they moved faster into public beta or even official release? That's, that's the question there. I, I don't know the answer to that. I will say I think there is a lot of hesitancy over the uh, hallucinations. I hate using that term because it, it plays into that game of trying to make this into a human agent, a human being, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just, you know, there are mistakes in there. And the, the problem is that those mistakes are are presented with such confidence <laughs> that, you know, it can be an issue. I don't think this is a be my eyes thing, by the way. This is across the board, as you said, as you mentioned about, sorry, my ting, um, as you mentioned about Core Annie and ChatGPT app itself, that those issues are there. But I suppose it's down to the individual company if they're comfortable with that level. And maybe they're waiting to see if there are some improvements in there or if they can tinker to try and, uh, I don't know, work around those hallucinations some way? The problem is getting the word out to people that it's not 100% perfect. I think that's always the challenge because ultimately if you're putting a product out there, you want it to be good because you will, you will get a lot of feedback from people saying this is not good enough, the information's wrong. It, and especially if it's coming to things like medications and those kind of things, you've got to be very careful because if you're trusting that information, say, for example, you trusted it to tell you the right medication or you know make sure that the medication you were holding was what you thought it was and then you found out it wasn't uh but you found that after you'd taken it that's massively yeah. that's Which, massively the concerning way, they do say do not use it for those sort of tasks i mean they are very sp- specific about that do not well they do right now yes that. but the problem is that once you've but look it's, it's like terms and conditions right no one reads them so no, no one does I- and the, the problem is they're a victim of their own success because, as Gordon said there, you get so blown away by some things, by the level of detail. You can just keep drilling down and drilling down, and it seems to keep coming back with the answer. And you think, this is amazing. So you do sort of get a, I won't say false sense of confidence in it, but when it does get things wrong, you tend to think, oh, it, it, that can't be wrong because this is so impressive, right? So it is a tricky situation. Yeah, it almost... <laughs> The answers it gives you are sometimes are so believable and it's delivered with such confidence. Yeah. You well, just I mean, can't think it's wrong. Well, it can't be wrong. It must be right. I mean, those news stories we've seen in the mainstream about, you know, lawyers using it and it's, it's given them, yeah, okay, this happened in this previous court case. And it's like, it just made it up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I've had lots of examples of that. I've seen examples myself. And, you know, sometimes you'll ask it to summarize something or, you know, if you're if you're asking it to do it, you know, via a prompt, you're not giving it any information and it will go off and it will come back with information. And you think, I'm double-checking everything now. Because I've found out about companies and I thought, that sounds really interesting. I'd love to hear about this company. And yeah. find out they don't exist. Doesn't, doesn't exist, exactly. So you've got to be careful. But and that's... then people, people go back on and fact-check using the chat GPT or the, the AI itself. Mm. Say, is that true? Yep. No, it isn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the problem. I think that they're very keen to try and, and, you know, bear in mind this is Be My Eyes making the decision to hold this back. OpenAI obviously are pushing ahead with what they're doing and other companies, like you say, Gordon, with Call Annie and all of those apps, yeah, they're, they're pushing forward, but they're trying to be first. 
And I think there's something about being right and being good and being accurate, which is way more important than being first. I think everyone rushes to be first these days with everything, but actually it's maybe better just to take the time. And I'd, I'd much rather wait, if I'm honest, I'd rather wait to the, I think uh, Mike Buckley told us, what, end of the year, likely, maybe third quarter of this year, before mm. we might actually see this released. And if that's the case, then I'm okay with that. I mean, yeah, of course we all wanted to be here sooner. And those of us who are lucky enough to be on the beta, we can play and we can get into it. But, you know, it's going to be so much better when, that, when that's finally launched. And Gordon, if you've ever been a part of the beta meetings, there's so many great ideas being passed around and talked about there that you think, wait, this could be even better. Yeah, it is great now, but what it could become, I think it is worth the extra time they're taking. Yeah, I, I agree. But uh, yeah, you can tell us your thoughts, but it is a great app for sure. Jacob also writes in on this. What's up, guys? Could we get an update on the progress of the Be My Eyes virtual volunteer beta? A few weeks ago, you mentioned noticeable improvements, and I'm wondering if you have anything to report in terms of new features and capabilities. I'm trying to temper my expectations with new technology like this, but from everything I've heard, it really does feel like it will be a game changer for VI folks. Those of us on the outside are waiting patiently and totally understand why the number of beta participants have to be limited. Just kidding, I'm bitterly jealous. (laughs) Cheers, Jacob from Ottawa. Oh, that was so good, Jacob. Well done. Uh, yeah, I totally get it as well. Because uh, you know, even just this discussion we're having now, people are going, "Oh, wow, that's I want to get, I want to try this out." Because mm-hmm. I would be exactly the same. Also, I will say, um, I can't use it at the minute because it doesn't work with the beta of iOS 17. Um, so, I mean, there's still work to be done, right? It is still in the beta phase. So. What, the beta doesn't work on the beta? The beta doesn't work on the beta. It's crazy talk. Yeah, that's the problem now, isn't it? <laughs> Everything's moving so quickly. Uh, yeah, that is hopefully something that will be resolved. I oh, decided definitely. not to upgrade to the iOS 17 beta just because I, on oh, my main phone. I've got it on my, my spare iPhone, you. but no, I'm not, I'm not living that dangerously. I put it on every phone I've got. Yeah, that's just... Because I am no. an idiot and I'm regretting it and I'm stupid, so don't do that. Well, look, it's a beta, right? It's going to have problems. My fear is not so much the... the, I mean, yeah, okay, the voiceover issues maybe, and there could be a few issues, but that's not really my concern. My concern is apps that just don't work. And usually it's the banking apps that go first because they obviously have a different layer of security to them. Yes. It takes longer for them to be updated. So for that reason, yes, some of them. um, Yeah, but some of them don't even run on a beta iOS. They just refuse to run. just don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Which you can kind of understand. I mean, that's a good thing. Oh, it makes sense. I'm happy they're doing that, yeah. Um, just, again, I am an idiot. But I, in terms of new features, I, I, I don't know if there's many major new features in the update that we can talk about, I don't think. I mean, I know, I know they've made some changes to the UI. Um, they've made some changes to how things are laid out. Uh, and it certainly seems a bit quicker in terms of responding and the way you can you know, ingest images now. It seems a bit simpler and the way it's done, it's, it's, the, the workflow is better. But I think it's ultimately behind the scenes or under the hood improvements that seem to be going on, and that's the key at the moment. Um, but, you know, I'm just thinking nowadays, it's going to be, you know, in a year's time, even less than that, you know, OpenScape, Be My Eyes, what else do you need? You're going to, be, you're going to have everything pretty much yeah. in there, you know? You're going to have navigation, yeah. and you're going to have identification. And if they fuse them together... Anyway, who knows? You never Ooh. know. I'm not suggesting that, but you never know. Well, I am suggesting it because I want it. Uh, right, let's get Lena's email in. Uh, Laura reads our emails as always. Hello, Double Tappers. Quick, let's help Negative Julian before he comes apart at the seams. Oh, yeah. I'm responding to Negative Julian's needle threading question. Because sighted people have difficulty threading needles too, there are needle threaders. They come in many shapes, colours and sizes. Cole's Sewing Centre should be able to help you. Amazon has needle threaders too. The simplest kind is like a flattened egg with a wire loop on the small end. First, slip the eye of the needle over the wire loop, then tuck the end of the thread through the same loop. Now, slide the needle off the end of the wire loop and the thread will be pulled through the eye of the needle. If ordering online, be sure to specify hand sewing, as there are many needle threader choices. Best, Lena in sunny San Diego. Oh, there you go. I didn't know Lena was in San Diego. Oh, it sounds lovely there. San Diego. Anything with San in it sounds nice. Does that mean with or without? Uh. Good. Okay. Um, needle threaders. Yeah, absolutely right. I seem to remember it was like a ring pull off a uh, can of soda. That's the one I used to use when I learned living skills back in the 80s. Uh, not living skills. At blind college. I learned I made a chicken Kiev and chips. Oh, what a... Oh, you're a... I know. 
I'm an inspiration. inspiration. That was that was the last and only meal I ever made. And uh, I learned how to thread a needle using one of those. So, yes, they are absolutely available. Check out Amazon. And uh, oh, thank you for the information. It's very good. Let's go to M, who has a question. I had an iMac, an older version that has just given up and is totally broken after many years. I'm looking to replace it and to see if the Mac Mini with the M2 chip is worth it and what type of monitor you would recommend with screen readers. I am a Mac user with voiceover and I'm blind since birth. Currently writing this on my phone, but do you prefer to have an iMac or a Mac? I'm looking at different prices and what can be done. Is the iMac any good? And what type of screen? I've called different people trying to explain that I have a vision impairment and with that I use a lot of apps and screen readers with a lot of usage to see which one they suggested. I ask your opinion from Double Tap. M. Thank you, M. Uh, I am rolling up my sleeves uh, to dig into this one for you because I thought I'd leave this to you. I yep, can this help is you your, here. Uh, yeah. Expertise. Well done. Okay, so here's what you need. Just never mind all this nonsense with screens. Uh, if you're blind, if you're totally blind, M, you don't need a screen, right? Uh, now, you can confirm this with me, Sean, because I think you did this recently, but you don't need, I think, a monitor to actually set the thing up. No, apparently not. Not with the M series, the new Apple Silicon. You used to with the Intel, and but you could get around that by buying something called an HDMI dummy. Yeah, which you would just plug into the HDMI. Just uh, a little dongle, port. really. Yeah, exactly, and it would it would basically tricks it into thinking there's a display attached, and you could get away and, and turn voiceover on, and it would boot, and everything would be fine. Now, um, yes, as as far as I'm aware, on the new Apple Silicon powered uh, computers. You can do it headless, as it's known, without a display mm. from the box. So, yes, I am using this one like that now. But um, I must admit, when, when I set it up, I did have it plugged in because I was worried and I didn't want to do it twice. So when I did set it up, I did have it plugged in. Well, so you know me, I, I live in denial, so I've always got to connect it to a monitor. Yeah, I can't actually confirm that it does it out of the box. I should have. Let me reset it and do it again. Mm. Well, I am... Um... <laughs> I would certainly say, you know, an iMac gives you the all-in-one. And I think there's a couple of things to consider here. Uh, it depends. I mean, look, the screen is one thing, right? Obviously, for, for us who are blind, those of us who are using it blind, the screen doesn't really matter too much. But what it does offer you is speakers, microphone, camera, all-in-one. So, you know, it adds extra peripherals to your desk in a, an all-in-one box. You also have that power connection cable, which is magnetically attached at the back, which trails down to the floor. You have a brick that you attach the power cable to, and that also has in it an Ethernet port. So you can very quickly and very easily and rather tidily as well have your desk set up with your iMac on the table. Uh, it's a 24-inch, I think, is the current version that's out. And you've got the, you know, the, the webcam in there. You've got the decent speakers, and you've got the, the microphones as well. And the audio... And everything, and the, the picture, everything about it is brilliant. So that's great. But if you don't need all that, you could get a Mac Mini. Now, it's important to say at this point today, uh, you can only get the Mac Mini, or sorry, the iMac as an M1, whereas it's the Mac Mini that's now moved up to the M2 range, but no doubt that will change soon enough. But, you know, the Mac Mini M2 is an extremely powerful system. I've always bought the base model. And it does the job fine. I'm running Windows on it, <laughs> running Parallels on top. I've got my audio editor going. I sometimes have everything going at the one time, sometimes <laughs> multiple editors, and it absolutely handles it fine. It's a really, really powerful piece of kit. We're at that point now, M, which, quite frankly, we're at a stage where these systems are so powerful, you could buy the base level, base M1 Mac Mini on a sale somewhere or even refurbished, and you would not notice any problem. It depends on the kind of stuff you're doing. But if you're not doing video editing, you're not doing big, massive, you know, video work, which unlikely you're going to be doing, let's be honest, then really anything in the M range would do you. Um, it just depends on what you want. And in terms of monitors, if you need a monitor, any screen will do you. But if you're not going to use the screen, but you want to have one, then just buy the cheapest you can find, you know, 21 inch off, you know, Lenovo or Dell or, you know, AOC or any of these different, anything, yeah. basically anything we do. You, if just you for side assistance, it. if you need it for side yeah. assistance at the odd occasion, just, you know, you're not, not worried. So just get the cheapest monitor you can get. It yeah. doesn't make any difference to the screen reader itself. If cost is the barrier, you know what, go down the Mac mini route. You will not be disappointed. And you know, I think some people, sometimes people get the idea that they're buying a lesser product because it's the Mac no, Mini. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not these days, no. In fact, the Mac Mini 
and the iMac. It's the same machine, just in a different flavour. Just one has a screen, one doesn't. Simple as that. Yep. Anyway, hope that helps you. Uh, coming up, we're going to be uh, replaying our conversation with Ventakesh Chari from Orbit Research. He's the CEO. That conversation next on Double Tap. Call the Double Tappers now, 1-877-803-4567, or email us, feedback at doubletaponair.com. And today on the show, we're revisiting a conversation we had with Ventakesh Chari, who is the CEO of Orbit Research. Following our conversation yesterday with Michael uh, and discussing the whole future of Braille question, I thought it might be a good time, since Orbit came up a few times, to revisit that conversation we had about many products, including the Optima Braille laptop we'll likely see next year, and also the Orbit Speak, which we're even more likely to see soon. And that is what we started talking to Ventakesh about. So if you think about it, uh, you know, the, so the genesis of the idea was uh, in having a device, a simple device with similar capabilities uh, to the Orbit Reader, but with speech as output instead of Braille. Um, and uh, as we thought about it, you know, uh, it was very easy to draw parallels with uh, the Braille and Speak and um, mm. uh, which was a, a revolutionary device. It was, uh, for many, many users, their sort of first um, in a contact with, with, with technology for such purposes, and uh, did what it was intended to do fabulously well. So we felt that, you know, that, that need still existed, and there was a, there was a, a, a place for a simple, very compact, affordable device that uh, gave speech output and had Braille input, which also is one of the things that allows it to be really compact. Okay. So, and that's due out when? That's due out before the end of June. And do you, ha- do you have a price on that at this point? So we don't have an exact price set, but it, uh, it's safe to say that it'll be somewhere around the $500 range. Why was there such a delay with this, or was there even a delay? It seems like this was announced, and there was it was the, the pre-order page was up for a, a long time, and there was a lot of interest in it, but it just didn't seem to appear. Was there any problems when it came to the Orbit Speak? Yes, there actually, uh, unfortunately, were were problems, and uh, uh, much of the problem is really related to the broader problem uh, in the electronic uh, component space. So as as you know, you know, uh, since the start of uh, the pandemic, um, the uh, you know, electronic component industry went uh, into a state of deep turmoil, yes, and yes. Uh, availability of parts affected almost every aspect of of our of our lives. You know, from uh, you know car factories shutting down, production lines because they no longer could get chips. To, to make the cars to you know uh, companies like us uh, struggling to uh, to to produce products that you know were in in, in stable production uh, let alone new products such as the um, the orbit speak so we you know the, the supply chain issues were the primary reason why there were rather significant delays you know one of the key components that we were using uh, the manufacturer, you know, uh, changed plans. You know, decided to 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 do something different. We had to really struggle to, you know, to convince them to continue to make that part since we had already gone quite a ways in our in our design work, and that set things back by several months. Unfortunately, you know, we had expected to have the product on the shelves by by Christmas last year. Yeah. And uh, so now it's unfortunately delayed, you know, by around six months or so. I want to talk about the Optima. Please can we talk about the Optima now? Because this is so exciting. Uh, so the Optima Braille laptop. Now, we've talked a little bit about this on the show already, Venkatesh. So we've, we've discussed okay. a lot of the detail on it. The year 2024 is when this is announced it will come out. It feels a little bit vague, uh, as often these things are. Um and I just wonder, you know, I, I, I've kind of called your company sometimes the the Tesla of Braille devices, where you know you, you have a brilliant product, but when is it going to actually be available? When can I when can I buy it? Uh, right. And you know, I just wonder about this: is there a 
danger or a concern that this may also slip a little further back in its production? We, that's a great question and a perfectly valid one. And, you know, you're, you're uh, uh, I mean, I don't know, uh, I mean, I guess I can take it both ways. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's been called, called a Tesla. It's, you know, it's not the worst thing course. to be called. They're good, <laughs> good cars. For, for sure, for sure. And, you know, certainly it has been disruptive in many ways as well. So uh, I'll take that as a compliment. I'm not, I'm not talking about the Elon Musk <laughs> thing. Forget that. No, I'm not yes, discussing that say. side of it. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, but yeah, you're you're absolutely right to be concerned about it. And and incidentally, you know, the these uh, supply chain issues have impacted other products as well, including the the Orbit Slate. You know, that was expected mm. to also ship by last December and uh, is now shipping. Actually, we, we're going to start shipping next month. So uh, we're we're really really pleased about that. You know, we have them in production now. So, uh, but going back to your question about the the Optima, so. It, it was it was with with this in mind you know that there were still a lot of uncertainties in the supply chain that we actually are uh, allowed ourselves a whole year and we said look you know we're going to announce it in season and our intention is to start shipping it by by next season so uh we've given ourselves some uh runway here and um we, you know, we have we have learned a lot from our, you know, our, our experiences with the uh, with the with the current products, and um, uh, we are planning things, you know, pretty pretty rigorously to make sure that we don't end up uh, with delays. And uh, the reason why we announced it early was because we actually wanted to to get feedback from the community. We wanted to um, start the conversation. We wanted to um, you know, get uh, people thinking about it, discussing, and um, you know, giving us feedback, which you know, I'm really happy to say has already been happening. You know, we've got some great feedback uh, about features, you know, great questions. Uh, about how we are planning to do certain things. I wanted to ask uh, you about that feedback because that's the interesting bit here, right? Because obviously this stage, I was wondering about this, if you're at CSUN, and I know a lot of people were hands-on with the product at CSUN, uh, you know, does that help you finesse the product now? Can you make changes now based on that feedback in, in advance of, of, of the product being made available? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we we absolutely can. You know, there's there's still a lot of things that we can uh, change, um, and we are, you know, we look forward to every bit of feedback. Uh, there's a lot of things that we can continue to to change for the next several months, and then there are many things that we will be able to to modify even after that. You know, things that can be done, you know, via software. Um, so yes, absolutely. You know, uh, for uh, for your your audience, uh, you know, please please feed us back any thoughts, comments, wishes. Uh, we are very happy to hear from all of you. Okay, so I, I just want to ask a, a quick, maybe slightly cheeky question here. Um, everyone wants to know: Do you know what sort of price we're going to be looking at for this? What's it likely to be? <laughs> that is a great question. Thank uh, you. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm not sure if I have a great answer for you yet, but uh, our, our our goal here is, you know, for a fully configured uh, unit to be more affordable than the note takers that are on the market today. So, uh, so you know what that sort of upper limit is, you know, it's around $5,500, $6,000 or so. And that would, and so our fully configured, meaning fully loaded um, uh, laptop, you know, with the piezo displays, which would be more expensive than the, the Orbit uh, Braille, um, that would be uh, lower than that price range. The starting point uh, will be considerably lower than that. Um, it's 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 a, it's a bit hard for me and also a little bit premature to 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 give you a number there but we do intend for the the starting configuration to be pretty affordable 
Oh, pretty affordable. Mm. Okay. Now, I now. guess, and again, we have to be clear on this, right? Because this is a configurable system. So That's right. I'm guessing you could buy, and I'm just surmising, but you could get an i3 processor or an i5 processor in there, uh, you know, the base level with, you know, maybe 8 gig of RAM and whatever size solid state drive. And that's obviously going to be a lot cheaper because it's the base model up to, you know, an i7 or an i9 or, you know, 32 gig, 64 gig RAM, you know, 512, 2 terabyte SSD, whatever it might be, right? So the price is going to be different in comparison. And that's that's reasonable. I think we can all agree that. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I, the, the thing, I, the, the Braille display is going to be the, the, the major price point mm. in, in this device. Um, how, how did you, is this specifically for the Optima, this Braille display? Could someone, for example, put their own, I, I don't know which Braille display you're using, what make or whatever, <laughs> I mean, it's one of your own. Um, could, could someone add their own Braille display into the actual chassis? Of the uh, Optima, you know, unfortunately, not not exactly, and and the reason for that is, you know, uh, while a lot of the components in the electronics industry are are modular and standardized, you know, things like memory, SSD, etc., you know, the, the standards for the, those have been around for for decades. Uh, you know, unfortunately, no such standard exists for Braille modules, right, or Braille displays. Um, and uh, so, you know, the, they're all, they have various degrees of proprietary features, including, you know, size, you know, the kinds of uh, electrical interfaces, the software interfaces, etc. So, uh, and you, you also can't really buy a Braille module off the shelf, right? No. You can buy Braille displays, but those are finished products. And um, and of course, you know, with with, with with braille displays, including ours, you can surely pair, you know, connect them to any any computing device. Um, so no, you, you will you'll be able to configure our unit with either a, a piezo display or an orbit uh, braille display, but it won't really be feasible to sort of drop in a third-party display yet. <laughs> now, if in the future, you know, and we, we're not ruling anything out here. I mean, our whole goal here is to really make this a product for the user. And, um, and that is one of the reasons, you know, a lot of people ask us, okay, you know, you have your own Braille cells, you know, what prompted you to go and uh, offer piezo as well? And the answer is because, you know, we want to offer choices. You know, we're not locked into... Uh, you know, say our Braille displays, you know, we really want this to be flexible. We want people to be able to configure it in the way they like. And um, uh, so uh, in the future, you know, maybe there is a, a way to you know, have third-party modules that can plug into this. We're, we're absolutely open to that idea. Can you talk to us a little bit more about this modularity aspect? Because this, this intrigues me. So in theory, I could have a number of USB-C ports. I could swap a USB-C port out to be an HDMI port. I could swap that out to be something else. How is that possible? Is that because of the, the framework, the company framework that have developed this, this type of technology that you're using in this? Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah the the uh, the electrical uh, aspects of the of this have been impossible for some time, um, and it's sort of bringing the electrical aspects and the mechanical aspects together in a way that allows you know easy and robust swappability of modules, um, and while still. Keeping and maintaining a form factor that is an ergonomic, compact, and uh, for the Braille user, right? A typical laptop form factor is is, is great, but it has a display uh, which occupies you know, a certain amount of space um, and and certainly costs a certain amount of money. It's got a touchpad, uh, things that may not be of you know everyday use to a braille user so you know we our form factor optimizes those makes them you know you know eliminates pieces that are not immediately necessary but while still you know keeping 
some of the functionality available in case it's needed. So, you know, for instance, you have an HDMI port. If you really wanted a, uh, a visual display, you could plug in an external monitor into it. It would work just like a, a laptop or desktop computer. So, um, so the, yeah, the, the modularity is, is as a result of sort of combining the electrical aspects with the, with the mechanical uh, design to allow, you know, plug-and-play swappability. Now, you guys sell on a distribution model. So how are you going to sell all the individual components through that distribution model, or are you going to sell direct? So um, that's one of the things that we're in the process of working on. Uh, you know, certainly we sell um, direct as well. Um, even, even today, we sell our products direct as well as through distribution. And uh, we'll make the modules and the, the devices and you know, the products uh, uh, themselves available through both channels, you know, through our distributors uh, globally, um, as well as directly from us. Now, from what I understand from looking at Framework, the company that, um, that produced the modular you know, mainstream laptops here, is that they actually have a, almost like a, a modular store. So they have a website with uh, all the modules that you can buy and clip into the mainstream framework laptops. Um, but that's also a third-party developers in there as well. <clears throat> Excuse mm-hmm. me. So um, would you be able to – I'm assuming that the, the Optima adheres to that, so you could swap out the modules in the same way that you could with a mainstream framework laptop, interchange between the two. And maybe you could sell the um, – you know, the, maybe there may be some um, – Optima-specific modules that you could sell in that framework um, store as well? That is absolutely correct, yes. That, that is certainly a possibility. Could you, in theory, develop... I, I'm thinking about your Orbit Writer product here, where you've got the Braille input, arguably the, the, Braille, the Orbit Speak as well, which does this, where you've got the Braille input, but it's in a note-taker form. Could you develop this without the Braille display? Uh, I'm sorry, could we develop... The this Optima. product without a braille display, so with just speech output, you mean? Yeah, so it would just be essentially, I guess, like a almost like a laptop keyboard, but it has right. the full computer capability within it. Right, that is certainly a possibility. Yes, um, like the question has has definitely come up, and it's one of the great points of feedback that uh, we've been getting from from uh, from potential uh, customers. So yes, that that is a possibility. Also, I wanted. To- ask you about your there's a partner is it a partner company access mind and a different way to using it um other than just using it uh with windows you can also use it almost as a note taker is that right or am i getting that wrong so uh so first uh, about about access mind so access mind is actually a new entity it's a it's a partnership you know where orbit research and adi kushner uh you know one of, one of uh, uh, the probably one of, the, one of the best software developers in our, our industry. You know, we've, we've come together to form this new new entity, and it's under that that we are introducing the, the, the Optima. And um, so uh, as far as the, uh, the, the question about the Braille UI is concerned, so yes, the, the intention behind the Braille UI is to provide a... Uh, simplified uh, user interface for people, uh, for users who may be new to the Windows experience, right? Who may be more familiar with sort of the simplified uh, user experience that a note taker offers uh, with, you know, um, uh, at boot up, you know, you are in a software suite that gives you basic functionality, such as a, uh, an, an editor, a book reader, Calendar, you know, the calculator, clock, etc. And um, if you are not yet comfortable with uh, the full Windows experience, you don't have to have it, right? So you can just start with Braille UI, you know, use the, those those basic functions, and then once you're ready, you can switch to Windows, which you can do, by the way, instantly at at any time. You know, it's not one or the other. Braille UI is basically an, an app that runs under windows and you know it if if it is so configured it starts up 
by default when you boot up the machine, but you can exit out of it and come back to it at any time that you want. And are you using the standard keys that, you know, the, the, was it the JKL and the DSF? You're using those keys for the Braille input in that situation, or are you using the QWERTY keyboard and cursor keys? So you can actually use either uh, in any mode. So the the mm. the uh, Braille, uh, you know, the six key uh, input can be used globally. So in any Windows uh, app, as well as in Braille UI, but so can the QWERTY keyboard. Wow, that's actually quite interesting, right? Okay, how how, how is that done? Uh, sorry, because there's no Braille keys on here, right? Specific no. standalone Braille keys. So how how do you how does it decide? Okay, these these keys are going to be the Braille keys now rather than just, you know, standard alphabet keys. So you, you would switch to that mode with a, with a particular command sequence, right? So let's say Control-B-L, right, for Braille, or, or we haven't decided this yet. I but got you. You, would, you would switch to the onboard Braille uh, keyboard. And, uh, I mean, the remapped keys, let's call them, you know, where the JKL keys would be the uh, dot keys. And um, the rather the home row would be the, the, the dot keys. And then you would switch back out of it with a similar uh, hotkey um, shortcut. Oh, you could really confuse people by turning that on and watch them trying to type something. That'd be fantastic. That's so it's like a... turning on the vo- in voiceover every time you go to the Apple Store, just watching them try and figure out why does this computer keep talking Turn to the me? the screen curtain on. Yeah, yeah, that really confuses people. Is that um, is that an NVDA add-on you're using for the PC Braille keyboard? Uh, that isn't yet finalized. Um, uh, that That could be one way we do it. Okay, yeah, because that works really well. I've tried that myself. The, I think yes. it's actually called the PC Braille keyboard add-on, and it does work really well. And as you said, it is universal. So, yeah, that would be quite cool. Oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. I, and that, that's really interesting that it's an app, because Sean and I were debating that. You know, would it be something that's almost like you shut the Windows side down and then you're into the Braille UI, or actually, you know, it's part of the system? And I think that, that makes it more usable and also kind of cool in a way, because you can just jump between them. You don't have to live in one or live in the other. You can maybe choose to use the note taker just for your own personal scratch pad or whatever you want to use it for, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. So this is all due to happen, you think, by CSUN next year. You, you, you're you aiming for that. That's kind of what we're, that's, we're getting that's from that. That's the plan, yes. Yeah. Lots of food for thought with this. But uh, thank you so much <laughs> for coming on, Ventakesh. And uh, yeah, come back soon. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This was really a pleasure. And uh, absolutely, I'd love to come back. And that's it for the show today. Thank you to Sean and also to Ventakesh Chari as well, CEO of Orbit Research. Uh, Remember, you can keep your conversation coming and keep the chat coming with us. Uh, We do love getting your feedback and we'll get into more of that tomorrow on the show. Uh, You can email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. You can also drop us a voicemail by calling one 803 4567 And you can find us, of course, across social media as well. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you tomorrow. I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.